0: Hello guys, and welcome back to the Ruby Darcy podcast. As always, I'm so grateful that you are here. And really, this episode is about the vision, the vision that you have. Based off what you know you are meant for in this lifetime, that you know you are meant for something more, that your life was created for you to experience it to its fullest potential and not just the cliche It's the bigness that you know that you have always been ready to create and to chase. It is that you want to exhaust every opportunity in this life to actually do extraordinary things. And I have clients that come to me with this exact thought process. You know, they've had this feeling like I've always felt like, you know, there was something more for me, that I was meant for big things, that I need to be doing something really freaking big. And people have this persistent vision and voice in their head that doesn't go away. But what is interesting is that there's this pushback. Pushback from our fear and pushback from our conditioning and the voices in our head that say, oh, that vision And that bigness is unsafe for me right now. It is so audacious and it is so loud that I'm afraid of taking up that much space and I'm afraid of what is therefore required of me to get to that vision in the sense of even holding a lack of clarity on what it takes to get there. That can be so uncomfortable and overwhelming for so many people. And it's again, something I experience with my clients all the time where it's like, oh, okay. So I see the ideal outcome for my life, but uh, the stepping stone to get there, how the fuck do I get there? Right. And it's something where Then the self-doubt creeps in of like, wait, I don't have the answer. So does that mean I'm not going to find the answer? Because ultimately that's all the evidence that you have at that current moment, right? So it makes sense that you would fall into a, a, a pattern of overwhelm. But what that then does is it actually is just reconfirming the doubts that you have. The overwhelm, the avoidance, the overthinking, the procrastination is just reconfirming the fears and the doubts that you have in your mind in association to the bigness and the vision. However, there's something that's pulling you forward because you know that you have value to give. You know that you're here to do something big, whether that's be to be a common name in people's households because you've helped change their life, whether that is to be to create a movement and bring people together, whether that is to be make a lot of money and give a lot of people jobs so that you can live an extravagant life and completely live a life free of burden and worry and anything that will limit you in your happiness and your fulfillment and your opportunity to continue to spread that fulfillment to other people, right? Like if this is resonating with you and you're thinking, yeah, this is me, keep listening to this podcast because it is really going to help you. Now, if you are in business, right, you have this responsibility to create that momentum, ultimately, right? If you're in, if you're choosing that business is your vessel to experience the bigness and the greatness that you want to feel in your life, then you have a responsibility essentially to make that work. Now, when we have such a vision and such this desire for more, it is often that people desire to lead. They desire to step out and they desire to step in to their absolute authority and to lead people and inspire people and create impact for other people. Okay, so with leadership, it comes this responsibility to communicate. Now, communicate in a direction. Direct sense of course, but largely what I think is so valuable is an indirect skill of communication where naturally... Everything that you do oozes the absolute obvious fact that you have an extraordinarily big vision. The way you hold yourself, the decisions you make, the standards you settle for, the way you speak, the conviction in your voice, all of those things are actually indirectly communicating who you are, the leader that you are, and the vision that you are wanting to create or the bigness that you are wanting to create. Right. So with this art of communication, we can leverage this tool to get people into our business because we've created a business for the purpose of wanting to provide value to someone, okay? Whether that is a product or service-based business, ultimately we are providing something to someone, okay? And when we start this process, we often see that there is a need for that thing. We often see the value first and the potential of the impact that this offer, product or service, can create, right? And we create this emotional connection to that thing where we are more and more convicted day in and day out. You know, think back to when you started your business and you're in that planning phase or the idea came to you and you thought, wow, that would help someone in that sense. Or this is so important for that type of person. Or wow, if people really listened to what I had to say, their life would change, Right. And with that, we become so convicted in our vision, and we see it so clearly. We birthed the vision, right? It makes so much sense that it's big. However, people then get to the process of creating the the life and the outcome of that vision, okay? And they let the self doubt come in. They let the fear come in, and that dilutes the conviction that they have in the offer, product, service, business, idea in the first place. And they're more concerned on protecting themselves in the process than they are to actually fulfill the purpose of the business. And this is where it becomes something where people are so self-absorbed and that self-absorption becomes this focus point that is taking the energy where that energy is could otherwise be better used. On building out the vision and remaining convicted in that vision. Okay, so here are some common examples of where this starts to happen within people, right? And I'm going to give you some tangible things to grab onto. And if this is you, amazing, like you will start to be able to unpack this. So number one is, Assuming that you need to have more of a certain trait to take up space, right? So this can come out of ultimately comparison and seeing other people in their power, in their leadership, and you desire that for yourself, and you start to associate them with all these certain traits that you don't believe you have yet. And those things might be intellect, they might be their authenticity, might be their confidence, might be their articulation, right? It might be the directness, etc. And you associate their success and their leadership with their ability to hold these skills and they those skills are felt. So naturally, you assume... That, okay, well, in order to have more success, I need to strengthen those traits within me. But we're so focused on the lack of where we don't have those traits. And we use that as evidence, again, to reconfirm that, hey, maybe I'm actually not good enough for this. Maybe I'm not going to attain my bigness. Because, again, we see all the steps required to tick off first to get to where we want to go. And it becomes this process of like, oh my God, that's another thing I need to do or need to be in order to be able to experience my big vision. Right. So two things with this. Number one is often we have those traits within us. We are just under expressing them or we have not yet strengthened them enough. And the next part is you often don't need additional traits because assuming you need additional traits is assuming you need to be a different type of person and it is bypassing the overall benefit of who you are and the traits that you possess, right? So if we look at those things and leverage what you already have to its maximum capacity, then you're going to get a long way, right? So it comes with really looking internally, leveraging strengths whilst also continuing to strengthen any uh, weak traits that you know are required to be a strong leader to see out your vision, okay? And being patient and compassionate in that process as well, whilst being very, very intentional of the opportunity you can create to strengthen those parts of yourself. The next part is people not accepting the imperfect parts of themselves and they use these parts of themselves to again further support the unproductive beliefs that they have about themselves and their capability, right? So it's the imperfect parts of themselves that they use to shame themselves. And they use as an excuse to not fully show up and take up space because they're afraid to be seen in the imperfect parts of themselves. And so often people actually blind themselves to the imperfect parts of themselves so much through ego. And the ego doesn't want us to see those vulnerable, imperfect parts of ourselves. So we will try and overexpress in other areas or convince ourselves that we actually have these things even though we're not fully embodied or integrated in it so that we don't have to see where that is actually true aka bruise the fucking ego right so it's getting really fucking honest with yourself of like hey these parts are somewhat imperfect, but that's okay. You know, I get to be all of me and take up space and go for that thing and move forward and take action. And it has nothing to do with the potential of my success at all. The next thing is your environment. Now, this is a big one and it is not like, I really just want you to stay with me on this because, you know, I feel like it's, it's thrown around a lot. Maybe it's just me and my body. With like the health and fitness space of or the personal development space of like you're the product of your environment, or you know, if you have triggers in your environment, that's gonna impact you. And it, it actually is fucking true because your environment is what you're consuming every single day, and ultimately, it is what you're there for unconsciously as well as consciously normalizing for yourself. Okay, so. If your environment doesn't normalize the behavior that you are required to repeat in order to succeed, then over time, you are going to be more and more detached from that behavior. So what it's like is, have you ever been in a room of people who are just getting after it? They are in their power, they know what they want, they know who they are, uh, they have really really strong morals and values in the way they lead themselves and naturally you start to feel inspired you start to feed off that energy and you start to think in a way of greater possibility and it's ultimately the frequency that you adopt from being in their presence that impacts you right and on the other hand you might have people in your life where you actually don't feel you know this buzz after you see them and they actually might be getting more energy from you, which is really interesting. And if that's the case in those circumstances, It's not that you have to be a victim to that, right? Like what I really want to highlight here is that if your environment doesn't support the type of person that you are required to become and the behavior that you are required to that's required uh, to be normalized in order for you to achieve the success that you desire, if that is not the case for you, you get to remain a solid force in that environment where you are still unwavering. But it requires you to be so freaking aware of where you could potentially dip. okay? and this is something where, for example, if you're surrounding yourself with lazy people or people that are negative or people that are gossipy if you can be in their presence and hold yourself as an unwavering force where regardless of how much of their laziness, negativity, or gossiping you're consuming, you do not change. You do not become a gossiper. You do not dip into lazy traits. You do not think of negative thoughts and normalize that for yourself. And if you can be that solid, you'll be good because you don't always have to rely on your environment to allow you to move forward. However, it takes a lot of intentional honesty with yourself to see where there's a potential risk of that happening. Right. And it's very simple. It's very easy, I should say, for like people pleasers as well, where people don't have the embodied self-worth in themselves. So they unconsciously and consciously start to shift their personality to mirror their environment so that they do feel more belonging because they don't have the worthiness to actually be someone that stands out and is fully convicted in who they are. And that's a really big one. And like, I, I've i noticed that in myself and it's so interesting. It's like, oh, how interesting that I say that type of thing, knowing that with those type of people, knowing that Uh, that will be well received or knowing that is something that reflects their type of conversation or behavior. And it's something that if you aren't noticing, you're not changing. So really, really seeing that. Or on the other hand, it's like you might be in a room of people you're trying to impress. How does your behavior start to shift then? Who do you start to become? You know, so it's like we've got all of these parts of our personality within us, but different environments bring them out. So which personality traits or parts of who you are do you want to bring out more often and you get to dictate that whilst being very mindful of how your environment can influence that huge conversation there the next part is distraction right the next part and and just to anchor this back into the main topic is reasons why people are playing small relative to their vision and it's distraction and distracting themselves with tasks that actually do not matter. And it's diluting the overall intensity of the purpose and of the flow that they're on towards their vision, right? And distraction can come from so many things. And it's like, again, it's p- potentially people pleasing, wanting to fit in. It's uh being in a less grounded state, right? It's actually letting... The self-doubt and overwhelm creep in to come into a reactive state and trying to regain control over a situation being, I lack clarity, I don't know what the next step is. So people get frantic and then they distract themselves in tasks that they think they should do, but they don't actually matter versus getting really grounded in what is required of them to directly influence their overarching vision and purpose. Okay, so let's really take this on like a smaller scale on an everyday scale when we're talking about marketing in business, because ultimately marketing is the vessel that is going to communicate your message, which is your purpose, which is your vision, which is the impact you want to create based off your desire for more, right? Which all encompasses your brand, right? Because you and your heart and your vision is going to be a big part of your brand because it's going to infuse passion and conviction and purpose into everything that you're doing within the business, okay? So, How we can communicate brand on those micro scale moments being a piece of content. Okay, so let's look at a piece of content. It's are you posting a piece of content that provides value but doesn't actually communicate the importance of that value? Why should they listen to that? Why is that important? Why is this something that is as big as you see it to be? How can you communicate how much of a big fucking deal this is at every single level? And it's utilizing things like emotion. So it's playing on that, creating really relatable examples by actually educating on when you do this, this is the outcome or when you don't do this, this is the outcome or the difference between someone who does this and doesn't do this, this is what they experience, right? So it's really highlighting the impact of what you are communicating at every level. Because again, the impact is why you started your business in the first place. Okay. So going over your content from a really actionable lens right now that's going to look like asking yourself Is it very, very clear throughout this that people can feel my conviction in my vision? Can people actually understand why they should listen to me? Why this is important? why this is life-changing. Can people really see that? Well, no, if they can't, it is your responsibility to articulate that specific language. As I said before, emotion, relatability, storytelling, right? Descriptive awareness, highlighting differences, this versus that very, very clearly so that you can fully encompass what you're trying to communicate. Okay, communication is going to be the biggest tool for you to get people to follow you as a leader as a brand that wants to create impact, right? So even this, for example, it's me telling you that if you are not communicating in your content in this way, then the the cost of that is people aren't really going to feel you in the way that you want to be felt so that you can live out your purpose and create the impact that you know that your clients need to receive, right? Like that's the importance of communication. Here. So, I really hope that this starts to sort of awaken something inside you to up level the way you're speaking to reflect the bigness of your vision. Because people have a vision and then they go onto social media with a wall up that they have constructed over time based off feeding into their own self doubt and fear. So, they dilute, 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 dilute themselves. Put up a wall and then honestly, their content is fucking bland. They're like, okay, what do I need to put out there to make this business good? But they've fucking forgotten that they have an impact. That's why they started. They've forgotten they have a vision. They have a purpose to fulfill. They have forgotten that. And the content just becomes, as I said, fucking boring, right? So if you have that undertone, People can feel it and people can see the big vision. And honestly, I believe that that is what people want, right? People want to be a part of a movement, knowing that it is going to empower them to be better themselves and if they can't see that consciously, they can feel that unconsciously. Like the example I used before, if you're in a room with powerful people, how do you start to feel on an energy level and who do you start to become on a level that is mirroring their personality to, their standard, etc. So, if you guys found value in this, let me know. I would love to hear it. If you start to create tangible shifts in the way you're communicating and you feel the difference, let me fucking know. I'd love to hear about it. Thank you for listening. I cannot wait to catch you in the next episode.